Hey everyone, welcome in to another daily editorial here on the KE Report. We're chatting with Byron King, geologist who writes with the Paradigm Group, formerly known as Agora Financial, also writes alongside Jim Rickards. Now, Byron, we both bumped into you at the recent conferences in Vancouver throughout last week, mostly the uh, investment-focused resource conferences. I wanted to more or less just throw the ball in your court and ask what stories caught your eye and if you noticed anything in terms of companies that were generating a little bit more buzz for investors and for all those people on the conference floor. Well, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, the Vancouver conference, you know, the annual Vancouver conference, it's sort of the warm up back, you might say, for PDAC, you know, in March, but the, the January in Vancouver. The conference was I was it was very well attended. I mean, I think over ten thousand people, you know, pre-registered and walk-ins, and that's quite a bit more than in the last couple of years, considering down markets, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, there was a lot of people. There were a lot of younger people there. I was surprised at the number of people who looked like they were under I don't know thirty-five, under forty or so. You know, because usually it's a bunch. You know, it's a lot of a lot of white-haired people. You know, up in age, the older investor crowd. There were some really young people, like under 25, I guess. So that, that's, all, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. I, as a geologist looking for ideas, I'm just going to say right up front, I didn't really see anything new, as in, you know, this is the great, great new idea here. I didn't see anything new that really caught my eye. Maybe something was there and I just missed it, but I didn't see it. But I did spend my time catching up with a lot of you know, companies that I'm familiar with that I've followed over several years, at least, you know, maybe some of them even longer than that, you know, decade and more, you know, a lot of companies are funded. They could always be better funded, but they're at least funded. They had good programs last year in 2023. They look to have good programs this year in 2024. They got a lot of data last year and they processed it in the fall. And now it's January and they're starting to release drilling numbers and, uh, the, you know, the chemistry and the assays and things like that. Uh, I expect in the next six weeks in the lead up to PDAC, we'll see more of that just to get some buzz in that pre-PDAC. But that, that was the general sense of what I came away with from the Vancouver event. Well, Byron, when I saw you, you were speaking at the Yukon Pavilion, doing a fireside chat with Tara Christie from Banyan Gold. And you were mm -hmm. talking about the infrastructure there and a long history of exploration and development in the Yukon. Maybe just share with folks here just some of the key takeaways from your talk there. Okay, yes. The Yukon people called me up and said, you know, would you like to do a fireside chat with Tara Christie from Banyan Gold, B-A-N-Y-A-N Gold, which is a, a wonderful, you know, gold project that she has been working on for, I don't know, seven or eight years now at least, uh, putting, putting together in the Yukon, just down, just down the road, really, not too far down from the Victoria Eagle Mine, Victoria Gold Eagle Mine. They've had very good success in terms of drilling. The geology, and I don't want to get into the super details, but the geology is very amenable to what I call an industrial, almost a manufacturing approach to creating ounces, to you know, proving up ounces. The, the, the way, the, the way the, the, that the rocks are laid out just under the trees, you can drill, 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 drill. You drill, you find, you drill, you find, you drill, you find. And they've got over 6 million ounces of gold and probably more because much of what they did last year still isn't inside that number yet. So they're right on a road, right on a power line, right on a, on a fiber optic line. They've got an airstrip not too far away. So the logistics are fabulous for what, what they want to do. 
in terms of developing it. And they've got a really nice number that could, you know, that could probably be a bigger number, but I'll just go with the 6.2 million that they advertise, you know? Uh, So anyhow, they asked me to go on a talk and I said, yeah, but let's not just do a presentation. Let's not just slap the pointer on the screen and, you know, do the standard. Everybody who's there who wants to see it knows the presentation. Let's talk about, you know, what what are you looking for? You know, you know, we're in a rising gold environment. Gold's over two thousand. Been holding firm. That's good. And there's all this talk out there. Even it's drifting into the mainstream media of the weakness of the dollar. Even though yeah, the dollar is strong on international markets. Yeah, I get that. But you know, the, the general sense that you know we've got inflation, we've got this, you know, this kind of a hollowed out economy. That you know, what, you know where are we going to go with this? Okay. Where we're going to go with this is we're going to go back to mines and miners and a company like Banyan. So Tara and I were talking, what is it that you're looking for in terms of, a, of an investment? And, and Banyan, quite frankly, fits a really nice list of investment criteria. I mean, they're, they're the ones that I was talking with. There's a reason for that. You know, they're right on a road. Okay, there's a, a year round access road so that nobody has to build some super expensive, you know, hundred million, two hundred million dollar road to get there. That's great. They're right on a power line, same thing. Right on fiber optics, same thing. They're in an in an area that's been known for mining. There's some workforce, a lot of First Nations, a lot of people who are used to, you know, commuting into the that region through the fly in, fly out concept, you know. So workforce. Um it's it, it, it they're in they're in the Yukon which uh is a very, very friendly jurisdiction in terms of mining. I mean, you don't go up there if you think you're going to make a mess and walk away. No, I mean, I mean, they have their, they have their laws and their regs and everything else, but it's a very, very business-like approach to doing, you know, to doing operations. So that's what Tara and I were talking about with respect to Banyan. It's a company that's very, very well positioned to make a development decision. You know, I mean, even though as they are right now, you can call them an advanced stage explorer, or an early stage developer depends where you want to, you know, depends on you know how you want to look at it. But the gold is there, and everything that you need to pr- to pull that gold out of the ground, that's all there too. And so those that was just one example of what to look for as an investor on the outside looking in. Where do you want to where do you want to deploy your money? You know, will, will there be some sort of short pop? Yeah, you know, some some skyrocketing pop. You know, some eureka discovery that'll move the market. I mean, don't, don't count on that. I mean, that, that, that happens every now and then. But, uh, but for the most part, if, you're, if you've got some patient money to put for a couple of years into, a, uh, into an up-and-coming advanced explorer, junior developer, a company like Banyan is perfect for, you know, perfect for that. That's what we talked about, and we did it in front of, obviously, you're there, in front of a room full of people, and it's on video, and I guess it'll be on YouTube or something when the Yukon mining people uh, put it up. So Byron, let's talk about that area then that Banyan is in. It's the Tombstone Gold Belt in the Yukon. There's also Snowline, which has gotten a lot of market attention. Thanks a lot to their Valley Discovery. There's also Sitka, Rakla, and Victoria Gold, which is kind of the hub there, which is a actual gold producer. Look, there has been a lot more attention given to this area. Thanks a lot to Snowline. What do you take away from this as a general area play and how you have these different stages of companies within that area? You mentioned Victoria. I followed them since they were a brown stain on the hillside, you know, that they were just truly a just a rock kicking, you know, exploration play. And now, you know, some, you know, eight, nine years later, whatever, they're they're an up and running mine. 
they they were able to raise the capital. I mean, seven hundred million dollars to build the mine, get up, get everything up and running, go through the punch list, you know, debug everything, and they're they're doing really well. I mean, they are in they're you know every every mine has some days are better than others, I suppose, but you know every mine has problems here and there. But they're they're doing they're doing pretty well. They're really doing nicely, and the two thousand dollar gold doesn't hurt at all. And so, and so among other things, uh, the Victoria is really living proof that you can build a mine in that area and you can do it fairly quickly. You know, the, the legal system won't kill you. You won't, you know, drain all your money, you know, with lawyers and court cases and all that kind of stuff. Now, this is all within what, what we are calling the Tombstone Gold Belt. Yes, this Tombstone Gold Belt has been, uh, it's, it's, it's a new geological name that people have put on. On, on the map, you know, you, you, oh, we got deposits here, 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 here. If we draw a circle around it, oh, yeah, great. Let's call it the Tombstone Gold Belt. There are numerous other exploration plays and early stage development plays there. You mentioned Sitka, you, men, you know, mentioned Rakla. You know, those are just, those are names that are out there that are really in nice spots that where they're, they're exploring and they're finding really intriguing deposits, you know, gold deposits with other things. There's copper and various other metals as well but a lot of people just they just want to focus on the gold okay great then you mentioned the big kahuna which is Snowline. i've followed Snowline for a couple of years i've actually been to their project i've been to the site uh the valley deposit is a deposit that's located in guess what a valley it's a big glacially carved u-shaped valley and the the discovery outcrop was an area where a waterfall uh, was fa- water was falling over a, a rock, you know, just sort of, I don't know, a 10, 12 foot waterfall. But the waterfall had really cleaned off the the uh, the, the the rock itself. It had really eroded it down, so you had really fresh exposures of bedrock. That was the outcrop discovery where they, you know, somebody whacked it with a hammer and they, hey, look look what we got here. So they started drilling, and it's massive. It's huge. It's it's uh, a kilometer and a half wide. It's probably 15 kilometers long. And they've, they've drilled holes down to, you know, three to 400 meters, 1,200 feet. I mean, give me a break. That's deep. Uh, and they're still finding gold. And it's not, it's not these really big numbers, but it's good, solid, developable numbers. It's, you know, one and two and three grams per ton kind of gold. So it's a drilling story. And Snowline has gone from Oh golly! I think when I first looked at it, it was a twenty cent stock. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, the it it has gone up you know multiple multiple times. I mean, twenty bag, thirty bags, you know, of uh, of of increase depending on you know when you want to look at the chart. And the thing is, they still don't have a resource. They haven't come out and said, oh yeah, we estimate that we have you know this many million ounces or whatever. And that's you know they they're just exploring and finding and finding and exploring and. Uh, it's a very, very well-run company. It's a beautiful mining camp, really set up uh, well, great people, really competent, excellent personnel working there from, from my experience of visiting the place. I've got the highest uh, you know, regard for, for management, for the technical staff, and what they're doing there. And so when eventually, some point, they will come up with a resource, somebody's going to come up with a resource, there's X million ounces or whatever, I'm sure it's going to be a big number. It's going to be a very nice big number. Uh, we have no idea what that number could be, but uh, it's going to be big. Problem is, when you do that, you know the market says, "Oh, great! Now I can now I can sell my shares." That'll that'll be the probably when they finally release their resource number. That'll probably wait a couple of days after the sell-off, and that'll be the time to go back in and you know buy some more shares. I suppose. 
but that yeah that that's sort of the my view of that whole tombstone belt but a lot of a lot of a lot of nice companies there where you can go literally from just you know just slashing through the underbrush exploration literally picking up rocks off of outcrops just looking at them smacking them with a hammer all the way to something like the victoria mine which is an up and running you know 200,000 ounce a year uh, project well, Byron, you brought up an interesting point there as far as Snowline and the resource and the typical reaction from investors we've seen the last couple of years when other companies did finally put out their resource, it became a liquidity event. And there's other companies like Great Bear that never put one out and had a big takeover from Ken Ross or Newfound Gold that hasn't put one out and has been a market darling. Same thing with Snowline. Are we in an environment now where as an investor, you'd like to see companies wait to put out resources and just drill and expand and show the size, scale, and scope of a project more? Because you know the majors, like you say, are running their own models on the back of the napkin. Would you rather see companies oh. wait? Because there's a big rush, it seems like, in past years to get a resource out. And it always and it always seems like a, a panic and a big milestone for the company only for it to become a liquidity event the last few years. What's your take on that? Uh, that's that is a fabulous point, and it's and it's one of those things that, as a geologist and as a as a person who you know follows the mining industry, I'm a great believer in you know openness and honesty in the sense that not that I'm accusing anybody of dishonesty, but just if you have if you have something it you you want to validate it. An awful lot of what what goes on in the market is you know speculation. Gee, maybe they have this, maybe they have that. Well, if they put out a real certified number this many million ounces here's your qual your qualified people have signed off on it your engineers the geologists the technical have signed off on it if they put that out i just think that's much better overall for the market i know that i know that uh, an awful lot of mining occurs in what we call mining the markets you know you're not mining rock you're not mining ore you're not producing gold or anything like that. you're mining the markets because the share price goes up or down and people love that and a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're driving nice cars or living in nice houses or, they're, you know, taking nice vacations or whatever based on all the money they made, you know, uh, mining the markets. I get that. I understand it. But I, I'm a great believer that, that it, if you want to be systematic about it, you know, at some point you really need to just say, listen, I mean, we're, here's our cutoff date. This is the date. These are the, this is the data we have. Here's the number that we have. And, you want to tell people what, what, what you know. Give give them a real valid uh, resource to wrap to wrap their number, their wrap their arms around, wrap their brains around. Uh, I that's you know maybe maybe I'm too pedantic or something, but you know I'm just not market oriented enough or something. I don't know, but it's uh, I I would prefer to see when it's possible. I would prefer to see a real live resource that you can look at and put your finger on, and and we grant that. Okay, yeah, the cutoff date was months ago from when you d drilled the last hole. And I know we had to wait three and four months to get the assays back from the lab. Okay, yeah, we know that. And I, you know, and I know that it, take, it costs money to do this uh, and you know, hire the people and hire the qualified people. But it's just, I just think it's better to, you know, to put out a number uh, so, that, so that things don't get too far ahead of themselves and speculation doesn't get too far ahead of itself. Oh, come on, Byron. Sometimes speculation is fun. That's what drives some of these stocks. Sometimes, as we've seen, putting a number on a resource usually, or at least sometimes, it can dis, uh, disappoint markets broadly. Back to this Tombstone Gold Belt in general. 
do you expect to see another major or some other company come into the belt? Because there are a lot of majors operating very close by. Or do you see this being almost a tie-up of the land here where there are already millions of ounces discovered plus millions of ounces to be added, whatever Snowline's resource might be. How do you see this general area play playing out for investors? Well, I I think we're going to see more and more, you know, large company interest in this in so many ways because, for example, a lot of the rest of the world is becoming off limits to, you know, shall we say Western Western business models and Western capital. When you look at what's going on, well, look at look at Panama, the nation of Panama, where they just, you know, a month or two ago, uh, essentially nationalized uh, a major copper project. If you're a big international mining group uh, and you and you're thinking, oh, I'm, you know, and and you you have to think in terms of, you know, uh, a you know billion dollar investments because nothing comes cheap. All these mines are, you know, billion, two billion, three billion dollars to build, you know, ten, twelve years. Uh, 15 years, I mean, and they're they're long long term projects that are going to go for 30, 40, 50 years. You have to think long, and and if you're doing that, and you're looking around at so many other parts of the world that might have nice geology, they might have great rocks and minerals. Yeah, good for you, but if you, if it's all going to get nationalized, uh, you know, because of you know some some new government comes in, you need to go where you can work, and and one of the places where you can still go and still work is called the Yukon. And so I would say that any large company or any you know intermediate-sized company that isn't in the Yukon, you know, had better uh, you know you know go rent some office space up there and and get looking because you you it's you know the the writing's on the wall, the handwriting's on the wall in, in this. So I, I think it's a very good omen for the future of the Yukon, certainly uh, that uh, that the Tombstone Belt is there. I would say. In a geological sense, we are just now, you know, in 2024, after decades and decades and decades of, of people doing work up in the we are just now beginning to open up the scope of what all might be there uh, under the ground, uh, you know, and, and you know, the, the speculative, the speculative angle to it. I mean, nobody expected what happened with Snowline, and I don't mean in a market sense. I mean in the in the basic. Uh, geology sense of you know they they would pull these cores out of the ground and uh, they would you know crack them open and you know crush them up and send them to send them to the uh, assayers and they'd come back with these with these immense numbers you know 300 meters of you know two grams per ton or something like that uh, you know they talk about uh, they talk about gram meters you know of gold nobody expected that and so I would say that since nobody expected that there. I think there's going to be other places and other things that nobody expected what is 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 going to get found up there. You know, the it's a it's some fascinating geology that it's a mix of very very old and very very new geology. I mean, there's Precambrian there that's literally you know over a billion years old. There's other things that are really just fairly new in terms of you know recent very recent geologic processes whether it's you know pleistocene glaciation or or you know tertiary volcanism things like that 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 are out there that have that have put these uh, deposits in place so i i think that uh in terms of of the safe jurisdiction the yukon is is great when i say the yukon i mean the northwest territories as well next door in alaska could be you know much, much the same although you know, deal with now you're dealing with kind of us politics much more than uh 
the Yukon kind of controls its own destiny. Not uh, Ottawa doesn't so much control the Yukon's destiny, whereas Alaska, their destiny is often controlled from Washington, D.C., for better or for worse, often for worse. Yeah. Hey, there's been a lot of positivity up north. I guess Yukon and Alaska. There's been some better stories and even some better market reaction to those companies. So hopefully that continues. The sector, as we know, certain areas can get uh, looked upon more favorably than others. And that can bring in some more money. We just need more discoveries and more successful mining companies. But Hey, Byron, thanks for taking a uh, quick time to recap at least some of what you saw at the conference and a bit more of a focus on this Tombstone Gold Belt. We'll follow up with you in a few weeks chatting maybe about some other commodities in the sector as well. So, Byron, thank you again for your time. We'll chat again soon. Okay, thank you. It's great to be with you.